0: I'm Kristen Birdwell, and this is Sex, Drugs, and Soul. Since 2008, Juan has been working with shamanism to affect healing change in his life and the life of others. This work has taken Juan all around the world, working and training with shamans from China, Peru, Chile, Colombia, Brazil, and throughout the U.S. Juan has trained and is experienced in... Psychic Intuitive Development, Reiki, Akashic Records, Yoga, Kung Fu, Tantra, Transformational Psychology, Holotropic, and Shamanic Breathwork, just to name a few. Juan completed the core of his shamanic training at the Four Winds Society in 2012. Since 2017, Juan has been diving deep in the tantric arts, becoming a faculty apprentice with ISTA, the International School of Temple Arts. Completing all courses offered with 500 plus hours of studies, Juan is dedicated to bringing shamanic and tantric healing to all humanity, especially those who are ready to go on and take responsibility for their own healing journey. Okay. <laughs> mm. So we met at ISTA. We did. at this freaking transformative experience. Where you were one of my facilitators um, for this powerful journey. And I'm so excited to chat with you today. I have a book or a list of questions that we may or may not get to, but I trust that what needs to be said will be said, and that who needs to hear it will hear it. And I'm ready to dive in. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: That's so shamanic of you.
0: Oh, is it? Yeah. <laughs> okay, yay. <laughs> I think there might be something there for me. <laughs> I,
1: I have a feeling.
0: Okay. <laughs> um. So I wrote down because I'm like, okay. So say if my mom listens to this or whoever that like shaman, like maybe they have some context of a shaman. Maybe they don't. How would you explain what a shaman is to them or what shaman is, uh, shamanism is in general?
1: Mm-hmm. Often I approach things on a, you know, person to person basis. So like if a Catholic was asking me this, I might say, "Mm, Jesus, Jesus was a shaman. (laughs) Um, And by that, I mean, Jesus being an example of what I would say is like a prototypical or archetypical shaman. um, This connection between heaven and earth, or another way of saying it is the shaman is able to navigate the connection between spirit and matter and so when a shaman does their shaman thing i believe it's because they're connecting with spirit or the energetic realm creating a change or you know shifting something energetically and that energetic shift then manifests itself and changes something in the physical material world
0: Mm -hmm. now how did you begin your shamanistic journey
1: me (laughs) yeah uh you know sometimes i say like was it i that found shamanism was it shamanism that found me okay uh i believe it's both Mm -hmm. uh for me shamanism came as part of what i call my second awakening Mm. and so these awakenings i i mean at least that's what i originally called them like They could be chapters of my life. They're like significant moments when it was like a reckoning with soul or spirit, or my life kind of found more meaning, right? Mm -hmm. And one of the common, at least for the first two, one of the common pieces of the awakenings, and I say first two because I I believe I'm on my third awakening right now.
0: Okay. (laughs)
1: Um, In those two, something that was common was coming to like a crossroads where the life I was living, no longer felt like it worked or could, could keep going, like I was stuck or questioning. Like It, it didn't make sense. Like, mm-hmm. um, and so in my second awakening, things that were making sense. Um, after my first awakening, a lot of things shifted. So I'll, I'll talk about this first awakening. Okay, it's, yeah, I, I was it's, curious it's about the first to, one too. <laughs> in hindsight, it is connected to the shamanic um how I found shamanism so in the in the first one I had just gotten out of high school went to college recognized in, after like a semester of college sitting in like an English class like what the fuck am I doing here like, <laughs> I hate school <laughs> um and I don't like saying that I hate things but I think what it was is that I never had a really good relationship with school Mm-hmm. Or I didn't feel like school related with me well. Mm-hmm. I grew up feeling very... Sh- My experience of life was being shy, introverted. Really? Sensitive. You were shy
0: and introverted? I was. Okay.
1: okay. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, <clears throat> with that, it was... It felt hard to be in school. Like Like, I didn't feel seen. I didn't feel heard. I didn't feel respected. And... I feel that there was an inner rebel that was formed at that time. It's like, well, if you're not going to come meet me and like me because of me, because it was kind of like this piece of, unless I did what you told me to do, then I was worthy mm. of your love or mm. respect or a good grade. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was something inherently in me that said, fuck you, in a nice way, <laughs> in a passive aggressive way, possibly, which looked like being introverted and not engaged. Mm. Mm. Um, so when I went, when I got to college, sitting in this class where I don't have to be here anymore, I'm not gonna get a detention, my parents aren't gonna be called, etc., I said, I don't need to be here. If I don't need to be here and I don't wanna be here, then why the fuck am I here? So yeah. I yeah, I let school go at that moment. Uh and I said, Let's go see what this work thing is. Cause I hear it's either school or it's work. So I tried working. I got a job at a Walgreens, Uh and I didn't last two and a half, like three weeks. I lasted. (laughs) I I I still have the smell of these, this refried hot pocket Mm. from the microwave in the uh, back room.
0: Oh, okay. I was like, they have those there.
1: (laughs) uh, What they eat for lunch? Okay. They do have them in the fridge. Okay. Uh, and it was just like killing my soul. Like I felt my soul shriveling, like that cheese in the microwave mm-hmm. you know like mm-hmm. like no I, I can't be here like this doesn't make sense either so it was for me that was the common a common theme is that it comes to this point where it's like nothing works like the reality that i'm being fed or told or understood as real didn't make sense and i couldn't make it work mm-hmm. so in that place i kind of went into what do you want from me, god Wow, yeah. like a moment
0: of surrender. Basically, okay.
1: Basically, that is a common thing. Okay,
0: I <laughs> yeah, I need help with that.
1: Word. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know? And I think does it? I think the surrender and self trust kind mm. of go hand in hand. Do you think?
1: I think. I think you have to go beyond mm-hmm. self trust and trusting, and then like, it's almost like you give up. Like, mm. if there's a sense of giving up and surrendering that then when you do do the thing, it's like jumping off the cliff. Like, if you trusted your, the love of your life, you wouldn't, the love that you want to protect yourself, you wouldn't jump off of the cliff, right? Yeah. But nothing else is working. And, it, and if I die anyways, I'm already dead, right? It's kind of like I surrender to even trying mm. to live, um, at least the way that I have been. And then in that fall, there's the sense of, like, the trust of self. Like, it's like, Mm. because I I don't think consciously, unless you've done that jump often, I don't think consciously we're wired to, like, know that that's okay. Okay. Or that you'll
0: make it. that
1: all seems to be against, contrary to, like, taking care and preserving myself. Okay. Right? Because essentially what you are doing is you're throwing away all sense of the reality you've been living.
0: Right. Yeah, you know, everything you've been told to believe or do mm-hmm. and act accordingly on. Um, so from that moment of surrender, what, what came or what rose to the surface or what came on your journey or like on your pathway?
1: That's when I would say the, the inner voice or so the higher self came in. Mm. And so in those instances is when i've felt like the clearest direction that i've ever felt in my life especially up to that point right at that point i would say that was the beginning of connecting to what what i would say is intuition Mm -hmm. um and i got an answer which said well if this doesn't work what would you do what would you do if these things don't matter like Mm -hmm. if you get paid for what you love doing that interests you the." that feels like it sparks your interest and sparks your desire, what would you do? Uh, this energy thing I keep seeing on television, like uh, I was really into Japan animation and uh, Kung Fu flicks. Mm-hmm. And in, in these martial arts flicks, movies, there's this concept of chi and like uh, the martial artists who are really strong and competent have this like, life force energy that they can direct through their movements to defeat their foes um, and or challenges and and there was also something else that I saw with it is that those who had that energy were were also able to heal people Mm. and so uh, something about that always like made sense or like felt like cool and when that question came in I'm like that looks cool like can I do, is that something I could do? I mean, I haven't let myself do that because it wasn't on the, the menu. Yeah, yeah. And I didn't have other people who, who modeled or even, mm. I didn't have access to that in any of my circles. Um, and so I said, okay, go do that. Mm. And so I, I, I like Googled and found a person who was doing like a Reiki night, like a Reiki healing night. Uh-huh. I went there and I was like, I feel this. Like, this is so me. Uh-huh. Like, where has this been my whole life? And so kind of just went down that rabbit hole, Mm -hmm. got into uh, Reiki, got into martial arts, ended up going to China with my martial arts school and got this job as a financial planner and became a division manager in like six months. And so I was really seeing myself like being the person I always knew I could be, Mm -hmm. which was in school, I always had this innate sense like I can be the best student or I can accomplish the things that I think they want me to accomplish, but it didn't feel meaningful. It didn't feel like it felt like I didn't want to do the work for you to earn your love. I wanted you to love me. I needed to be loved and brought and, and bring it out of me. Right, like mm. That was maybe what my inner child or my younger self always wanted. And so when not having that, it would like say, well, then if you're going to stay over there, I'm going to stay over here. Right. Mm. But when I went into Reiki, it's like, it came to me uh, and I started to flourish. I got my mojo back. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, and that led me on another like nine year journey of like getting into the world. I went back to school, became a honor student, got a great girlfriend, had a nightlife promotion company, got into a university as in honors finance and accounting, shit was good. Yeah. 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 And then...
0: And then, <laughs> yeah. Well, I felt like a little, but... And then...
1: That would I, be the second Okay, version. yeah. And that's what brought me to shamanism.
0: Okay. Um,
1: and in that, and I can make that quick. Yeah. You know, essentially, um, came to the dark night of my song. So relationship ended, business partnership dissolved, relationship at school where I was awesome now started to go Mm -hmm. downhill and all of the feelings of not being a good student and all of the stuff from my younger self came like Mm. flooding into my life, started to have uh, health issues that I couldn't like ignore anymore. So everything felt broken. I felt like, what the fuck? Like I did everything, I'm doing everything, it, you know, and now it's not working, like what What do you want from me? Again, mm-hmm. down on my knees. Mm. Um, and it said, you know, stay with the things that are still here, like what you could salvage. Like the business was done, the, the relationship was done. The main things were health and school. Like you can still be here, but you have to be here. Like you, Like it hurts. And I love you, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like I have to show up for these, and the answers will be revealed. Um, so, keep got, going through. Just keep going through. <laughs> keep going through. Trust, <laughs> like trust beyond yourself. Trust. I had to trust in something bigger than me. Yeah, guiding me. That's.
0: I, what I mean, there's. That's something that I feel like I have to tell myself when I'm in the heart of any kind of trial. Is like, I don't know. Mm. <laughs> what it is, or I may not know what it is this is teaching me in this moment, but I will, I trust, or I trust that I will soon, or I trust that I will be shown. I just have to keep on trucking. My mom said once that, uh, one door may, may shut, um, and, and another opens. It just might be hell in the hallway for a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> and so I'm like, okay. So, I kind of am sensing that the second one you mentioned, mojo, Mm -hmm. (laughs) and we're getting to how um, you got your mojo back, and then we're having the dark night of the soul, and then um, that's when shamanism um, comes into your life, Mm -hmm. and then what? How did that get woven into the like your story or your journey?
1: So a year prior to that moment Mm -hmm. when things broke down. I was already feeling a sense of like, I need to change things for my health. I need to find another way. So I got into like raw food. Mm -hmm. On a chance encounter, as I was following these clues of like, you need to take care of yourself, I went to a raw food restaurant. At that raw food restaurant, there was this woman, um, she was kind of cute, but like, there was a sense of like, I just want to meet the being, like, like, who is this person, why is Mm -hmm. she here? Um, and she told me she was brewing, and I'm like, oh, kombucha Ooh. or beer. <laughs> Turns out it was ayahuasca. <laughs> oh, okay. I was like, what is that? <laughs> and she told me all about how it worked, and I said, oh, I'm supposed to do that. Like, like, everything inside of me is like, I'm supposed to do that. Like, I haven't done anything like that until now because I'm supposed to do that, mm-hmm. the way she described it. Which was in ceremony, purging, you know, dealing with something dark that needs to be released and allowing life to come in. and some other things she said, but like, everything she said was lighting up all the lights, I'm like, let me exchange that information. We technically texted for like an entire year, maybe met up a couple times, but like, she was just in the back of my head always for that year. And when everything started to break down, something said, "Reach out to her." Like, mm. And I sent her a text. I'm like, whenever's the next one, I'm, I'm there. Sign me up. Put me in. Okay. Um, and that happened to be in December 21st, the solstice oh, of December wow. mm. of uh, 2008. 2008. Wow. Um, and so how it got woven is that when I researched ayahuasca, what I saw was that it is about essentially facing death like like that part of the process is that something needs to die in your life and that you have to meet it like a warrior like like you've got to be like ready to die essentially Mm. and i knew at that point with everything crumbling and where i was in my life like something needs to die like like if if something doesn't die slash change i may die like i might not get out of this right like um I might go crazy. Like I was really in a nervous breakdown kind of period, mm-hmm. like really close to a nervous breakdown. Um and so before I got to that ayahuasca, the question I, I gave to like spirit was like, What should I do? And it said, meditate. Go find a meditation. So I got a meditation school, I went every Friday. I started to like, okay, I could breathe a little bit. Cause up to that point I felt like I was like drowning. Um, Okay, I'm like I gotta keep looking because things haven't shifted, and we gotta really get to the core of like this pattern that seems to be appearing here. Um, and then I got a psychologist at school because I wanted to stay in school and I wanted them to know that I'm trying. Yeah, you know. And then I texted my friend, and she told me, and I got to that ceremony. Um, but when I got there, everything I ever was made sense. Mm. So. There was a sense that everything I had ever been that was in different compartments, all now were in one place, mm. and that the sense of who I am here to be now had a, a accurate expression mm. through the shamanic path. Mm.
0: Um, were you scared or fearful at all when you went in to like sit with the ayahuasca for the first time?
1: Ah, <laughs> uh, yes.
0: Uh-huh. There,
1: there was there was a sense of it, and I remember one of the questions I asked. I'm like, you know, I don't know what into because again that was another thing that I had no context for no one I knew other than a random person that I met ends up being a, like a great friend who still is an amazing friend who seems to be like we keep meeting each other at like important moments in our lives transitional moments mm-hmm. um, but she was just a random person that I met Like, like what you know I don't know what I'm getting myself into and I read a lot of stuff about it and I kind of asked that voice or that higher problem, like um, how do i go through this that i don't know how to go through like from you know from a sense of fear like I i get lost am i go in the darkness and it said you must remember that you come from the light and that no matter how dark it gets that light will always be there and and even if it is the darkest it could be that is when your light will shine the brightest mm.
0: <laughs> i like that little oh okay
1: i like, okay i'm comforted that makes sense
0: yeah
1: um so i went with that and that and the deep desire for transformation that trumped the fear of staying where i was mm,
0: yeah that it's like that um pain or that desire outweighed the pain or suffering in that moment, I guess it was like, I called it, I said, it, I think I wrote something in my book once, um, well, that book <laughs> about the pain of pursuit was finally greater than like the pain of procrastination or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, finally like doing the thing that I felt called to do or, you know, that I've been longing for. It's like, uh, what may be painful to get to where I want to be, but I know it's more painful to sit in where I'm at and not do it or not follow it. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Um, and I asked you that about ayahuasca because like I've always felt called to it, but there's always been a little bit of, I haven't journeyed or sat with her yet. Mm -hmm. Um, feels feminine to me. And I Jeez. okay. <laughs> I um but I know I will at some point and I'm just now getting to the point where I feel quote unquote ready, I mm-hmm. guess. And so we'll see. But I um have journeyed with like psilocybin before and had like a voice from somewhere I don't know, like whisper surrender and mm-hmm. that definitely helped relinquish. I mean, yeah, it was a beautiful journey and experience. Since, so from that sitting with ayahuasca, mm-hmm. what, like, where did you go next or, like, how? Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: So, it was a weekend. Mm-hmm. The first one, nothing happened. Or, stuff happened, mostly in the bathroom. Um, yeah. <laughs> but not what I expected <laughs> as far as, like, a psychedelic it visionary experience Mm -hmm. like that didn't happen i felt pretty regular at least you know consciously regular Mm -hmm.
0: um like no hallucinations or anything or
1: and and you know it was my version of it and so i i felt it was i was stuck. later on as i integrated the thing i felt was i was too in my head the second night i came prepared i'm like i can't let that shit happen again i need to go in And this could probably be its own podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, So I'm going (laughs) to fast forward to the end. Uh, Basically, as I listened to the messages that came from the first night, both sitting and integrating it, and then bringing that forward into the second night, um, what happened is that Aya came for me. and leaving out a lot of details, mm-hmm. essentially, I would say, uh, the spirit of Aya, or Mother Earth, came, and awoke the healer in me, and pulled it out of me. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I often will refer to this moment being my initiation into shamanism. Um, not that I am a shaman because of that, mm-hmm. but that, but the shaman within me definitely came out, and it was undeniable. And things that i didn't know were possible, happened. You know, there was a complete shift, both of my energy as it was moving through me and and what happened for someone who I was supporting. And I was like, what the fuck? (laughs) Like, (laughs) if I could do that, if that can happen through me, Mm. I will dedicate my life to what just happened. Like, to see a complete transformation of a human being happen through me without me knowing anything other than the voice telling me what to do. Mm. I said, I need to figure out what just happened, right? Like it was it was significant. Um, So from there, I looked online (laughs) and I was on a search. I'm like, I need to find the school. So I had an understanding as I understood with this voice, like, look, you already have the thing, whatever you think you need to learn as far as the energetics is Mm -hmm. in you and you're here to do that. All I would guide you to do is find how to apply it. Find schools that have the techniques so that you can channel this energy and do this. Mm-hmm. And so I, like, I was really good at researching. So I like researched what were the, the best schools with the best curriculum and I narrowed it down the two. Um, and I ended up going with a school called The Four Winds. At that time, mm-hmm. it felt like the best school for me. It was a Peruvian-based school and I had just done a Peruvian tradition of ayahuasca. I'm Colombian and it's my Southern neighbor. So it was just mm. like, there's a lot of things that felt like you got to do that.
0: Yeah. Like it felt aligned. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: So that was about a two and a half year program that I went through. Wow.
0: Uh,
1: you know, Built or in that tradition. We, we are Mesa carriers, which is essentially a, a healing bundle, like a traveling altar mm. that has um, specific power objects in it or stones that are related to my own personal journey. then are activated through my own journey and the initiations to then be like healing stones that Mm. uh, support energy or when i work with someone support the energy to move through the stones rather than through me
0: Mm. okay yeah yeah. okay Um, I, i had an experience in austin whenever i first moved here in 2015 i looked up i was on the quest um you know i've always looked outside of myself in so many different ways and i think. I was on this, uh, unavailable men kick in some way to drugs, to, uh, all of that. And then the pendulum swung like, okay, well, I'm going to try all the crystals, all the, um, healers and shamans. So I went to see a shaman here, um, when I first moved here, like, I don't know, 2015 and, um, to like put different stones on my chakras and like spun like a pendulum over my body Um, and all I I do remember like seeing it spin one way and then whenever she was done it was spinning a a different direction I was like well that's interesting and I but I also I remember going to the restroom and just being able to hear the birds chirp again because I was like such in the heart of like just been interviewed by detectives for this situation and Mm. um, it's in the book people. (laughs)
1: Uh, What's that book? What's the name (laughs) of the book?
0: No, but I'm like, there is something, like, I, it's hard to, like, put, like, it's not tangible, I guess, right? But, like, the feeling or the essence or what you walk away with is so transformative and profound that I'm, like, certainly a believer in the energetics and healing, and I feel intuitively that I'm a healer in some ways, and I just don't, and so I'm kind of, like, maybe at one of, of a different, I'm in the researching phase of, like, which way or route do I want to go moving forward? I'm doing it yeah, in a different way. So I feel very I'm like, oh, okay, a little research. I feel a lot of um, resonance with what you're explaining, too. Mm. Like, it's definitely I'm in the heart of, like, something, an awakening, initiation, something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yes, you are. <laughs> yeah. That's you're much more than That's, supposed to that's know. why I'm here. The universe
1: doesn't fuck around.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, that's one of the things too that at Ista, um, and I don't want to like deviate from your journey too much, but I um or like hip hop away, but at Ista, the shamanistic component of it, it seemed like that was just like so tuned in that I was like, How is this happening? Like what I was thinking or dreaming or journaling about would be something that you know was brought to the surface during um, a session or a ritual or um just very synchronistic and it mm. was just really cool I'm like wow there's something to this so i want to connect the dots of your journey from um uh, the shaman like beginning your shamanism journey to getting to ista and like combining the shamanism and like the sexual realm mm. or, like how you got to to there
1: yeah
0: <laughs> or where, where do you think we should i mean take, yeah I'm with it. Okay.
1: <laughs> I mean, I, I, I like the link because, especially how you framed this piece around how it was that week. Mm-hmm. To me, after that experience with the uh, grandmother Aya, mm-hmm. it was like my life became a movie. Mm-hmm. Where I was the... This was a, a thing that became conscious to me or, or I was experiencing it as I was in a movie that I wrote, directed was the protagonist and the antagonist though, and produced it. Um, that I was all of the roles in this life, that and that things became magical. So like mm. the birds, like the colors, like after the ceremony, like the colors of life, I had this like deep experience of like, each breath was like this cheering of life. Like, 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 like oh my God, I'm mm. alive. You know, like this like relishing aliveness. And also in, con- in connection to the earth as one of the primary providers of it. So, like, I had a deep connection to the earth after the ceremony, which was, like, like I could feel her loving me. I could feel her loving me in the oxygen. I could feel mm-hmm. her loving me in, like, the things that are alive here and in the sun. And it was just, like, it was orgasmic in, in the most innocent, like, in-the-moment way. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'd say from that moment on, seeing the connections and the dots and like how I set an intention and I meet this person in the restaurant and that restaurant, you know, takes me to this ceremony and this ceremony takes me on the journey of my lifetime, pretty much like I am who I am because of that <laughs> that one chance encounter. yeah, um, and so between ista or between shamanism to ista was a nine-year journey mm-hmm. so what i have found and this i'm going to put it in the bucket of shamanism because i believe in shamanism um, a lot of how it views the world as a, as i've seen it is that everything is a cycle and so it's seeing the cycles it's seeing the patterns it's seeing how things move interconnectedly and and I've noticed that these awakenings tend to have this seven to nine-year cycle for me.
0: Mm.
1: You know, like the first awakening, the second awakening was essentially nine years. The second to the third was another nine years. Um, and in that time, you know, I, I, I dove really deep. I had a pretty successful uh, thriving shama- shamanic practice in Chicago and then found the one we call the twin flame. <laughs> Oh <laughs> okay. <laughs> um and so now this was the person who most was connected to the life that I'd been living that I'd ever had a relationship with. Okay. And we we we, we named we 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 what do you call it? <laughs> we we dubbed each other twin flames. Okay, yes. Um and as most relationships, they start amazing and there is something true and real about that love. And I think that there's a, an element of love when it's real and when it goes deep that in itself transforms us. Mm-hmm. and opens us up to a whole plethora of uh, feelings and experiences, possibly things from our past and where we're going. Um, so some of the past things came up. <laughs> and I had this experience of a essentially almost like a, a seven month breakup. Mm. And in that seven months, this is another theme that I've seen in my shamanic journey is that things have a pre-log, have a have a chapter before the book begins, you know? <laughs> and it's like, it's, all, it's showing you the signs of where we're going before you know. And, mm. and this happened in the shamanic one, And I saw it happen here in this one where those seven months, I learned the core of what I learned at ISTA in those seven months. Mm -hmm. So about holding presence, about being this divine masculine pillar that allows the feminine to be in their full messiness and emotions and not want or need anything other than to hold space. Um, I had a shamanic or a tantric activation with my partner that was like equivalent to things that I've seen at ISTA where like, you know, we're, we're in full union and, and all emotion is moving through and just the right words and the whole, holding this beautiful, impeccable face. I'm like, wow, this, like I'm, I'm, I'm the, as the observer of it, I'm like, wow, this is the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. Didn't have a name for it. Then I got to ISTA. Mm. Uh, because as that relationship ran its course the breakup the seven month breakup i started to feel what i would call my feminine asking me what the fuck Mm. why are you not here for me Mm. why are you giving all of yourself to this person It, it both said i appreciate what you're doing like like how you've shown up is beautiful and impeccable and like There's gift to that, and I believe now I need you. I need you to release this, and I need you to come back to me, and I need you to give me that same kind of love and presence that you're giving to them. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that's when I officially broke up. And the first question was like, what are we gonna do for me? And I looked up. <laughs> I, I remember a, a friend told me five years before, like in 2012, uh, she said she had done level one. level. She's like, I did level one. and Oh my God. I did level two. And I'm like, oh, and I did level three. I'm like, oh my God, I have to do that. Like, like I don't know, but that sounds like what I'm supposed to do. And it stayed on the burner for five years. But at that moment, it's like revisit that like what what is that like that's what you i think you were trying to find in this relationship that Mm. just didn't happen but it pointed Mm. me there made it to mexico and in in a very similar like parallel universe of like what happened in that you know my first ceremony this week held similar like pieces where i'm like you know as i went through the whole thing i'm remembering parts of myself i'm like this is who I am. This is the th- this is everything I've done plus the sex part. Like <laughs>
0: yeah. you know, like
1: everything that I had, how I've been working shamanically was so like similar to how Ista has works energetically mm-hmm. and shamanically. And it added this piece that at some level had been eluding me. Um, or I didn't have context or anyone who mm-hmm. had any mastery or like really talked about how do you do sex and yeah. how do you work with this energy and what does it even mean. Um and now, this you know, Ista was showing me how to integrate that into what I was already. Mm. Um, and you know, by the time I finished, I saw the full priest shaman mode. Like, bro, like I'm supposed to be teaching this. <laughs> you know, like, like, like I feel I felt really connected to it. Like, so to bring it all together, I'd say what both paths taught me was the importance of bringing the masculine and feminine together. Mm. And so for me, the feminine historically had been my sensitive introverted mm. side. Mm-hmm. Um, and my masculine was being projected outward as what I wasn't because I wasn't, you know, tough meant, you know, outward or wanting to be held by rules. Like I wanted to be free mm-hmm. and be a kid and be in the magic. Um, and so yeah.
0: there's
1: always that, like, <laughs> like yes, you there, know, there always that like push and pull. Um, so shamanism helped me embrace mm-hmm. that, and ista helped me name name it even mm-hmm. deeper. Like, oh, this is that, and bring them together. Okay. Um, and so, to me, that would be shamanism. It's it's bringing the polarities together. It's mm-hmm. bringing heaven and earth together. Mm-hmm. It,
0: Unification. Yeah. Okay. So you mentioned um, like, Tantra activation. <laughs> like, mm. dif- what is what is that? <laughs> I feel like I may have had one. Because <laughs> without the terminology or the verbiage or the language for it, like mm. 100%
1: mm-hmm.
0: felt like um, I stumbled in into it with someone after like, you know, quote unquote, coincidentally, mm. like get feeling connected to my body through like, different plant medicines combo particularly and um like really like allow like having the intention of i allow myself to open and to be seen mm-hmm. and and then that's when i stumbled upon like this eye contact breath thing that, was, <laughs> that led, led me there so i'm like so for people like how i want to definitely like start chatting about tantra and and the unification too and like what are some ways that people can begin to weaving that into their lives or into day-to-day practices or Mm. rituals so how how do we best navigate this
1: (laughs) yes well some of the like core pieces of tantra tantra is one of the yogas Mm -hmm. and Mm. as i understand it tantra seeks to make everything that is human sacred Mm -hmm. so it's So each of the yogas is a path to enlightenment, let's say.
0: Mm.
1: And tantra seeks to find that enlightenment through embracing your humanity. Mm. And so part of embracing your humanity is your emotions, is your body. Within the body, in the emotions, is your sexuality, right? Mm. And so bringing those things to the altar, to its sacred place where we through the experience of our emotions, moving through them, working with them, through the experience of being in our body, feeling it and connecting to it, and the experience of moving and, and running our, our life force energy or our sexual energy that we can reach enlightenment or God, mm. oneness mm. one like with That's like
0: an amazing descriptor <laughs> of it. Mm. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. I can't wait to re-listen to that too, and like really (laughs) take that in again. Um, mm, and I'm like, yeah, I like the, I like, I already know, like, I like that path, Mm. (laughs) you know, the tantra path, or it just seemed like to embrace all parts of myself. I feel like for so long I tried to bypass it, um, or like on my spiritual journey, Mm. the sexuality part or the or the human part. I'm like, okay, well, if I'm trying to be peaceful and zen i am I feeling this? <laughs> <laughs> you know, how uh, does one begin to like uh, embrace that tantrically or begin living tantrically or um, work towards integrating like that spirit and human self?
1: Google? <laughs> YouTube? Uh, well, you know, I, I think like any path, right? Um we need to start fi- if it's not natural to us and we don't have a context. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, start looking up practices yeah. and um you know, this this practice you mentioned of eye gazing and breathing the other kind of like tantra 101. Most mm-hmm. people I mean, people make fun of it in videos like you know, I'm It's <laughs> eye gaze, you know. It's
0: so good though. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, and it's true and it's true and it works yeah right? because the eyes are the uh you know the doorways to the soul mm-hmm. so what we're seeking to do is connect with the soul mm-hmm. right and so if the eyes are the ga- gateway to the soul and the breath is the soul the spirit moving through us then mm-hmm. we're like tapping in like those are access points mm-hmm. right to have a connection with another soul that brings us into the present moment because mm-hmm. um, I would say all of these practices, what they have in common is that where you find God isn't in this thought of him, of them, of divinity in the future or, or a memory of that. It's that you are here with it now
0: mm-hmm.
1: in this moment, we can touch God. Mm-hmm. And so whatever we can do to touch this moment mm-hmm. is a, is a good beginning mm-hmm. to tantra. Um, at least the end goal of tantra, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Things like emotional release tools, I have found to be mm. a good entry way to like working with your emotions and using the power of them mm-hmm. to tap into your, your life force energy.
0: Um, I humped a pillow yesterday. <laughs> good. Yeah, yeah.
1: You're doing your homework.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah. so that brings me to maybe the core piece. Like what can you do? Anything you do that you consciously use your breath,
0: your sound mm.
1: and movement. Mm-hmm. Right, mm-hmm. if you if you're using all of them, that's as tantric as you need to be in the beginning, right? Like any of the emotional release tools, use that, mm-hmm. and so breath sound and movement are all versions of vibration, mm-hmm. right? And life, and so when we tap into our breath, which is our spirit, you know, to be inspired means to have spirit be in us, which is also another word for breathing in right inspiration right and so our breath and our sound is the expression of that life on the planet right like when we make sound our existence this being is is impacting the world Um, and then movement anchors it in the body right so ista is called the international school of temple arts what I've learned Mm -hmm. at this moment is everyone has a different way of what that means to them. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, there's still an essence that the temple arts is something that was so in mystery that we don't even have real texts for it. And that many people have had to do the journey, the shamanic journey to the past to remember Mm -hmm. what, what it was. Right. Um, Some of the understanding around that is that as different eras or civilizations come into power, they seek to erase what was, especially Mm. if it can pose a threat to Mm -hmm. their power.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, I totally feel like if everybody were to tap into this, uh, they would tap into a power um, and essence of which they are. Hmm. that it would be harder to control. And if you have that experience of freedom and ability to create the world that you want to live in, then uh, all of the things that are thrown at you aren't going to work. All of the conditioning, all of the buy this, keep me rich Hmm. (laughs) type of stuff, I feel like wouldn't have as much of an effect. Um, And also just like that feeling of, um, that we are all God or like ex- in ex- the universe or God universe source however you want to phrase it experiencing it um, in another lens or way like you're you're God yeah and I'm experiencing or like God is experiencing itself through different people and experiences and situations that's how I feel like I couldn't understand it um, I don't know why I've kind of gone off into that. Realm or um, because it's tangent, deep. <laughs> tangent because yeah, it's real. This is where <laughs> yeah. we are, but I also like you kept you said something about journeying to the past, um, and civilizations and like the remembering part of it, and I feel like the same is true for like the future. And you mentioned something, um, at ISTA that I wanted to ask or get clarification on is, um. Uh, maybe you came from the future or, and <laughs> there's a part of me that giggles. Cause I was thinking about this earlier today. I was like, is that why I like Terminator so much? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <You know? laughs> he comes from the future <laughs> to bring this message back to people. And like, I really like the imagery of the wolf too, because the wolf is great in community. Um, or Spirit Animal, is great in community, but it also leads and can goes on these solo adventures can bring back messages for the community. Mm. Um, so it can be a leader and a part of the community. So that really resonates. So with both of those things thrown at you, <laughs> where to go?
1: Where to go? I yeah. think uh, I, go, I go where the energy's at. Okay. You tell me. <laughs> um,
0: the whole journeying or coming from the future or... Like, kind of believe in like nonlinear time or different timelines or maybe everything already exists all at once and we're just kind of hip-hopping from different timelines by the choices that we make in each present moment mm. and so that <laughs> yes. maybe is it connected
1: I feel that I think of the Dalai Lama right now for some reason <laughs> <laughs> uh, because the Dalai Lama is an example, if you believe in the Dalai Lama, uh, that the Dalai Lama is a reincarnated being,
0: mm.
1: a bodhisattva, if you will, who chooses to come back. And every mm. time the Dalai Lama dies, mm. the consort, his his team, um, goes on a journey, a shamanic journey, essentially, of figuring out where where is he going to be reborn and they go find him mm. find that candidate sometimes they have multiple candidates and they do tests to to make sure it's him um, wow and so if that can happen <laughs> um, we totally can travel back and forth and uh, we had spoke a little er- uh, earlier before we recorded mm-hmm. um, that How does this thing work? And the way I've seen it, it's like when anybody has a great idea that isn't from this time, like Tesla, for example, Mm -hmm. whether he did it shamanically or consciously or would even call it that, there's a way that, as I've seen it in shamanism, we can travel forward. Mm -hmm. We can travel destiny lines. So we can travel on our destiny line to a version of our higher self that's fully realized mm. go find that quantum of energy of information and bring it back here and then start to live from there mm. right and to mm. or to fill in the dots mm-hmm. uh, the way i would put it in a shamanic sense as i've studied it is on my journey on my path there's a medicine wheel we have one direction, which is on the north. In the north, the energy of, we connect with the energy of our of the ancient ones, of the ancestors, of those that came before us. So being able to travel and connect with our ancestors allows us to hear what they need us to know. You know, how do we bring them forward? And so in some ways, I see energy as dynamic. It's hard to speak about it sometimes because... It's not this dot right here and this word, and that's it. It's kind of like always moving. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's not, it's like a river. It's like you try to grab the river, you have a cup of water. The river is is still over there. (laughs) It's not this cup of water. And I feel words become this cup we try to name Mm. spirit or energy by. But I'll do my best.
0: (laughs) I mean, you're doing a fantastic job.
1: One way that we do it in shamanism is connecting to the ancestors. So like mm-hmm. you can pray to your ancestors, ask for answers, like, and embody their wisdom, right? Because they already have a lived wisdom of, of how they did things. And so I would say that's possibly how we travel back to find out you know, how, to, how were the temple arts mm-hmm. back then. <clears throat> the other element of the North that, that I work with is our children's children to the children of the future, essentially. Mm. And so traveling to speak with them or calling them into the space to show us what we need to know that will allow us to have the future, right? Sometimes I put it like, what do we need to know so that we can create the world now Mm. that will ensure the future for you when you arrive, Mm. right? Um, I also do a thing called destiny retrieval. Mm. And so in destiny retrieval, it's this understanding that our destiny is is from the perspective of spirit, from a bigger picture. And when we look at our destiny, you can kind of see it like a river that has an origin before this life Mm -hmm. and a a destination Mm -hmm. after this life, beyond Mm -hmm. this
0: life. And so this lifetime is just like a little...
1: Little, little little map, yeah. Little, a little portion
0: of that river mm-hmm. that keeps on flowing, flowing, mm-hmm. flowing. I love that imagery. Yeah. Now this destiny retrieval part that makes me really curious. Mm.
1: <laughs> and so, in destiny, I often bring up the example of Oprah Winfrey. Mm-hmm. Oprah, you may know.
0: I've heard of her, maybe, <laughs>
1: and I don't have the full script on it. Yeah, but basically, she had a really rough life. Yeah, she had a a abuse, mental, physical, Mm -hmm. sexual abuse um, in her youth. Mm -hmm. It wasn't good, and you know, poverty, everything that you would think would mean that person's not going to make much of their life, or Mm -hmm. life is against them. For her, she was able to transmute that, to use that, and to find and to actually find the gold that's there that was ultimately leading her to her destiny right Mm -hmm. and so in some ways you could say her river was set up to have that life because the destiny that she is capable of and was gonna live Mm -hmm. right and so sometimes we get lost in the river or Mm -hmm. we get stuck on the edges where the rocks are Mm -hmm. or we take the wrong current we're still going on the destiny. It's like there's many ways to heal people, right? Some people might have chosen doctor, but and they should have been a shaman, right? Mm-hmm. I almost was a Chinese medical doctor.
0: Really? Like, like, I was this close. like acupuncture and yeah, stuff? Yeah. Oh, wow.
1: Um and this was from the first awakening. Right? Uh-huh. Like I was when I got into the Reiki and the martial arts, I was very much more towards the eastern ways and Chinese uh philosophy mm-hmm. and so sometimes on that destiny river in order to get to our destiny we have to learn the lessons that that destiny has right and so there's a way that destiny is constructed when we think about it from the bigger picture that all of the things are leading us to a destiny right whether it's to be this healer or to be a leader or whatever whatever it is mm-hmm. you're saying um and that once we can like distill what they are We can choose better lines on that destiny. Mm. So if I'm still going to get to the ocean, because that's my destiny, you know, I could take the rocky river (laughs) or I could take the clean river. Yeah. Right. And so once we do enough of our own work, like in this lifetime, then we have a better vision. We're more whole and we're making more integrated decisions mm-hmm. we've we've integrated the lessons that we need to mm-hmm. and now we can take a higher course or a higher vibration of our destiny
0: mm-hmm. and
1: so it, it might look easier
0: mm-hmm. but
1: because you might have done the harder work early or mm-hmm. you dealt with the hard work mm-hmm. rather than postpone it or not see it and have to keep moving through the hardness that is ultimately going to your destiny Mm. and so in destiny retrieval often i do that after having done extensive work with a person who understands the work that i do and has done the work that they need to do i was about to say i was curious
0: like is this something that you offer
1: Mm -hmm. yeah it's usually on the tail end of of working with someone Mm -hmm. because there's other things that come before that, um, <clears throat> but you know, as we deal with those things, and they, you know, there's, for me, the way I learned shamanism, it has four phases. It's like four, uh, the four directions essentially, and you know, the first thing you have to do is heal your past. Mm until we heal our past, we can't move forward. So mm-hmm. it's like moving from that old construct of our past that has been limiting us, that has been keeping us small or keeping us restricted in a past version of ourselves, needs to be shifted, needs to be shared so we could st- return to the present moment and feel who we actually are. Mm-hmm. From there, we can move into our power. Stepping into our power, becoming the king and queen of our life, reclaiming the garden that is our life, that we forgot was our responsibility or have negated, whatever the case may be. And like clean it out, purge it of like the malware, the infinite open tabs and loops that we didn't close, the negative toxic cords that are still connected to people and experiences that Mm -hmm. are not relevant or aren't serving us or um, feeding us. Often we call it removing, extracting, uh, you could say negative or heavy intrusive energies and mm-hmm. entities from mm-hmm. our energy
0: mm-hmm. field.
1: So I like to mm-hmm. envision it like like your garden and Plucking. you got to pluck the weeds yeah. and take <laughs> the rocks out and make it nice and fertile
0: yeah. and
1: then start to plant, then choosing the plant, the seeds that you want mm. in your garden, the way you want it for you. Mm -hmm. not for others right like we really have to move others and things that are not ours out and Mm -hmm. reclaim it with our energy Mm -hmm. spirit agrees
0: (laughs) (laughs) okay i had to take a little pee break and we're in the garden
1: (laughs) we're in the garden and so as we reclaim the garden and fill it with what we want, the things that we actually want, the peace, the love, the happiness, mm-hmm. the, the empowering beliefs, uh, then we're, we are fortifying our energetic boundaries and also starting to feed that inner power, that inner light. I, I often call that the luminous healer, mm, which is my mm-hmm. practice, um, or the luminous warrior. Mm. And so it's this inner light that we want to feed and 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 nurture and really allow it to illuminate our life right Mm -hmm. from inside out um from there we would move into the third phase which is about you know as you clean the inside and you clean the outside energetically then you can go deeper into your subconscious and so this is when we go into like what would I call it soul retrieval? Mm,
0: soul um, or de- Are we in soul or destiny?
1: Soul, soul, soul retrieval before destiny.
0: Okay. <laughs>
1: um, and soul retrieval is this uh, understanding that as we move through life, we might have traumas, um, or instances. We we call often we call them traumas. Mm-hmm. And in a in a moment of trauma, there's a sense that who we were up to that moment somehow no longer exists in the same way, mm. right? Like you're a different person after trauma. Mm-hmm. And the way we see it energetically in shamanism is that in that moment of trauma, it's like a piece of our soul or our psyche shattered from mm. our conscious self and it goes into the unconscious. Mm. And the reasoning behind that is that in order for that piece, like let's say, let's say the first time your parents scolded you, you were just being fun and free and singing loud. And your mom might've said, shut up. You're, you're a bad singer. Like behave right in that moment, that innocent open child, a part of them felt like it couldn't exist. Like it was Mm -hmm. wrong, like something Mm -hmm. like, and in order for it to maintain that purity and maintain that innocence, that aspect of the self that shatters from the conscious and then goes into the unconscious. And in its place is what we would call a soul wound, right? Mm. And so now we're working in this conscious world with this soul wound. And that soul wound tends to have what we call a a soul contract, Mm -hmm. like a new program that says, it's not safe. It's not safe to uh, express myself. Mm -hmm. Um, That means I'm a bad girl, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, And so we live with this kind of contract, this new program in our computer, how it in how we interact in the world. And so anytime anything similar to that experience happens, this contract comes up. It's like, I I can't express myself. I can't be innocent. I can't be free. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that happens almost in every traumatic experience. At some level, there's an element that we get rewired. Mm -hmm. Um, And so in Soul Retrieval, we seek to bring back the wholeness. So to call back these parts of ourselves that were abandoned or had to leave because they needed to be safe and you know, bring them back home yeah. in essence, and become whole. Yeah. And so, from that place is where we develop the gift of trust and faith.
0: Mm,
1: so makes the, sense. You know, because I feel like
0: <laughs> I feel like one of the things I've reclaimed is sexual curiosity. Mm. Yeah. That's a good thing reclaimed. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, I think it's always been there, but have it without shame, I guess. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's a good thing. <laughs>
0: yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> it,
1: we, you know, it's fun. Yeah. it's good. And it's good. Yeah. Like, I mean, I feel <laughs> like that is a part of what really pulled me into this stuff, mm-hmm. right? Because I think I had a bunch of shame around sex or not really knowing. Like, I'm a quadruple Scorpio. Yeah really yeah. okay and so apparently <laughs> sex is a big thing to that makeup astrologically <laughs> um <laughs> i think so <laughs> And so like you I heard know, it being okay. that in my life and not knowing how to navigate it or having unhealthy ways to navigate yeah. it really wasn't a good thing mm-hmm. or the experience wasn't good it was challenging and I didn't have a way to like, what, what's right mm-hmm. with, with this. And so having done ISTA or, you know, doing anything similar to ISTA, like, I don't want to say ISTA is yeah, like yeah. the, the only, Bible. yeah I do believe ISTA is one of the best mm-hmm. right now, currently holding this, this wisdom, but it's a wisdom that lives in all of us, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's innate and we're, you know, it's like, we're supposed to know this since we were children. Mm-hmm. Our parents should have known this. Mm-hmm. Our their parents' parents should have known this, um, And I believe we all know it. It just hasn't been taught. And yeah. it has been pulled out. And it has been put in a box or and shamed.
0: Act- yeah, like mm. activated or awakened.
1: Mm-hmm. Or... Yeah, and so. Revisited, I guess. Yeah. And so this is a, a big, this is what I would call a collective trauma. We've mm. lost this part of ourselves in the conscious world put into the unconscious because of shame, guilt, or fear. And I would say my work with ISTA, and I I believe ISTA's work, is the reclamation of this soul part for the collective. right? Mm -hmm. And so until we reclaim that part, we're going to be living from a soul wound. We're going to be living from a defense mechanism that isn't full and whole and integral, which leads to challenge. It leads Mm -hmm. to like not making the best decisions. It leads to conflict. Um, and so returning to that third phase of soul mm-hmm. retrieval, once once we make amends with really just finding what that soul wound was, mm-hmm. often the soul wound could have been something that happened in a lifetime. Mm. And because we're on our destiny road, we can't pass go until we fully integrate Mm -hmm. that piece of our destiny that's teaching us the lesson that's taking us to where we're going Uh right because as far as destiny is concerned it doesn't have a timeline yeah it just knows that it moves through like you know like you're moving through it and once you pass go once you uh meet the milestone that is required to get to the next place of understanding that this destiny has you keep repeating it
0: Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. and so
1: that's why it's also important to have the uh, soul retrieval before destiny retrieval <laughs> because we have to become whole. We have to find uh, deeper atonement with the things that have gone off, that
0: mm-hmm. have taken
1: us off course. That have often when we have when we're working from a soul wound, because we're not whole, we're using that as reality. Right. Mm. And so, if that's the reality, then I can never go to my destiny because it's scary to go to my destiny where I'm supposed to use my voice and sing and be free. Mm. Right. <laughs> because it's actually my gift. Mm. Um, right. And so, if I can't reclaim my gift or the parts of me that make me who I am because of soul wounds and traumas, then I keep reliving things that, at some, at some level, unless I deal with them, <laughs> because right, we can oppress them, we can suppress them, we cannot look at them, and then we live a kind of a half life. Mm-hmm. Or if we're trying to go towards that destiny because we're feeling pulled to it, we're gonna keep reliving the trauma until we integrate it. Right, uh-huh. like we're gonna keep reliving similar stories that create this like <clears throat> response of defense until we can actually go to the wound. You know, however that may be, shamanism is one way, but mm-hmm. you know. There's a lot of different techniques, more and more.
0: Yeah, I was curious, like if that, what's that look like? Does that like a past life regression type of thing, or?
1: I mean, I do. The simple answer, yeah. yeah. If we just keep it simple, to what I do, (laughs) yeah, we we simply call it a soul retrieval. Okay. Okay. Which could have aspects of uh, past life regression. Okay. Okay. You know. In, in the particular soul retrieval that I do, we go to different stages, right? There's an element of traveling to the wound. Mm. And in that traveling to the wound, that we might show you a past life. Might mm. show you something that happened in this life. You know, we go to the contract. Like, what's actually written?
0: Yeah. There. Oh, the Kaushik records. I saw mm. that on read Reddit, in mm. your bio. And that definitely, it's like, bing! Mm. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like can we define that or the
1: Akashic Records
0: yeah or not the, define it but I mean like just like so for people listening in like what is Akashic Records <laughs> or is that like part of the soul retrieval process or... Now we're, trying to connect dots here now we're putting me.
1: all the potions <laughs> in the cauldron okay. um, Akashic Records as I understand it's it, it. it's it's more of an upper world journey and it's like i've heard it be spoken of or i like to call it it's like the 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 library of all that has ever happened and will ever happen and so we go up to that library and we talk to the librarian
0: what book did i check out
1: yeah. <laughs> I'm like, what, what, what is in that um what is the record of this person and what do they need to know sometimes you go with an intention Mm. like i need to know this and it gives you guidance Mm. so i mean it's one process of what i would say tapping into Mm. intuition
0: that's kind of full circle in some ways because i remember you mentioning in the beginning of the podcast what do i need to know and then right now you're saying what do i need to know Mm -hmm. so i'm like maybe there's a element of people asking themselves like what do i need to know in this moment to move forward or what do I need to know? Yeah, asking themselves. Maybe that's a good journaling prompt too.
1: What do I need to know? Or
0: working with you, or connecting with you. I feel like we're coming up on
1: um, a time. Three minutes.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so how so, we have three minutes. let
1: <laughs> So to complete that journey yeah. after soul retrieval, you know, it is a deep process, and I don't. Uh, there are many elements to that. It's one way of supporting trauma to come Mm -hmm. into resolution for a person to reclaim parts of themselves to become whole and then rewrite a new story of how they navigate this life. So once we're whole, then we can really start making choices from our intuition, because when we're not whole or when there's something off, when we when we have conflicting scripts like negative limiting scripts the choices we make are going to be seen through the lens of the wound. Mm. But once we could see the wound uh, reintegrate the lessons that it has for us, bring in and rewrite that script. Now we can now more accurately come from our integrated self. And from that place, intuition is much clearer. It's coming from life and love rather than wounds and pain. Mm. right? Mm -hmm. And so once it's coming from there, then you can start choosing like, ooh, I'm going to trust myself. You start to have trust in yourself. You have faith that life is working with you because you've seen it firsthand. And you go on what we would call, it's similar to the hero's journey, but it's, it's more of like learning to, I like to say, it's like learning to follow the flowers of life. Mm. Like that you can trust the flowers that mm. life has given you. As you say, what, where do I need to go? Mm. What do I need to know? And then it shows you, Oh, well, let me call one. And you follow that flower Mm -hmm. and one gives you the nectar that you (laughs) need to keep going on your journey to the next flower. Mm -hmm. And then focusing from, let's say, the trauma or the things that have been limiting and have been in the way to like the full potential of this life and where it's guiding me and starting to just be on the journey. Mm, right. mm-hmm. From that place, above.
0: dislodge from that shore bank and get yeah. in the free, and the free movement water. <laughs> yeah,
1: I feel like naming the the animal archetype that comes from that third phase is the hummingbird. Oh,
0: and
1: so the hummingbird oh, teaches us to go on the journey mm. without focus on the end mm. end point. Mm. So rather than like staying cozy on our couch, as you mentioned. Uh, He feels the call that says, I got to go. I got to go up to North America. The Amazonian, um, similar to the monarch butterfly, the Amazonian hummingbird goes up to Canada Mm. every year, follows the sun. And so as the sun goes and it's spring everywhere, follows the the trail of flowers that blossom Mm. going north and then comes back down. And they mate up north. Um, And so... It's that journey that soul retrieval or the, sec- the third phase teaches us is like trusting the fucking magic of life and starting to trust ourselves. Both trust ourselves, trust life and trust the universe that it's working with us. Mm-hmm. Um, and trust that inner calling that says, I need to talk to that person. I need to go to this school or I need to try that, right? Mm. Um, it's, it's ultimately when you start to hear that voice more mm-hmm. when you're like, you hear the voice and you listen to it you trust it you have faith something's gonna happen i don't know what but it's gonna happen yeah um and then from there we go to the fourth phase which would be destiny retrieval and that's when we step out of the personal and into the transpersonal the bigger picture this the gaze of spirit mm. um when we see the bigger picture and we're like oh working according to plan. <laughs> there are no mistakes in the universe.
0: We came here for the greatest show on earth to help, <laughs> I think, raise a collective consciousness. I agree. <laughs> mm. so. Wow. Well, is there anything else that you want to add or any offerings that you have coming up or anything that you want to throw out there?
1: <laughs> Let me see. Yeah. Mm. Well... I'm going back to Peru mm. in December. So the first week of December, I'm doing an ISTA. And we're facilitating an ISTA there, which I'm excited about. Do it. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, I haven't been there in four years. And now I get to come back as a facilitator of ISTA work mm. to the Sacred Valley, which is where my particular shamanic uh foundations come from Mm -hmm. so there seems something very special about that like now i get to be there and do the work and be the work and be with the work yeah Uh, a full circle moment yeah so i'll probably stay there through the solstice Since that will be my
0: 14
1: year anniversary. Oh, wow. (laughs) 14 year Shaman anniversary. Yeah,
0: meditate on what's next for you. Or or
1: allow yourself to be. You're going to allow
0: yourself to be. I'm going to be like, like,
1: What do do I need to know? It's like
0: the (laughs) why What do I need to know? Right on the
1: mountain. (laughs) Yeah. And so. Then in January, I'll be in Costa Rica doing mm. Brotherhood Journey. Oh, cool. Which is uh, BrotherhoodJourney.com or remember, it's remember Brotherhood. Remember Brotherhood. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the Remember Brotherhood Journey in January 6, I believe.
0: Is that man only? I'm guessing. Man, man only. Okay. So at the
1: moment, we're <laughs> yeah. working on a, on a female brother. Or, yeah, okay. You know, version but uh for now it's it's been my pilgrimage with these brothers for like the last three years three mm-hmm. or four years um so it's always like a welcome moment like all right get to go to winter in <laughs> costa rica this is this is what i'm about right
0: now oh, i love it yeah. and yeah. then um just for people okay where can they find you online
1: so direct place would be luminoushealer.com that's my website Uh, I also have a complimentary Luminous Healer Shamanic Living Facebook page and a Luminous Healer uh, Instagram. Mm -hmm. So most of my events I put on the Facebook. Yeah. Um, Those are good places to meet me. Yeah. I can give you my email.
0: (laughs) (laughs) If you want people to have your email. (laughs) All right.
1: J-E-Alzate, A-L-Z-A-T-E, number one, gmail.com.
0: Awesome. And I'll put all that stuff in the show no- uh, in the show notes for you guys. We have to freaking wrap it up.
1: <laughs> I'll say one more thing.
0: Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Um, I do work with a handful of people one-on-one. Mm-hmm. Um, so if, if this work <laughs> feels like a resonance I
0: raise my hand. I don't yeah. know if you're gonna be able to see that on the video or not, or if I'm gonna use the video, but continue. <laughs> I
1: do I do a discovery call for that, mm-hmm. which you could find on the okay. on the website. I can make one of those yeah (laughs) and and so yeah that's how people usually reach me they find me they set up a call and then we see if it's a fit if it works yeah i'm also seeking this is i'm excited about too uh living your luminous life Mm. it's um online version of my work that i do in a group that's looking to be launched in February, twenty twenty three.
0: That's great. Yeah. Starting off the new year, fresh year, fresh year, mm-hmm. fresh you, luminous life. I think that's beautiful.
1: Yes, it is.
0: Okay. <laughs>